Welcome to episode 8 of the Gaming Disorder Podcast. I am your host, the Forte Jorge, with me on this wonderful Saturday, Dylan Lang. What's going on, D? Not much, man. Dude, I picked up Avengers, like you mentioned, this week. Gave that a shot. Oh, nice. I can't wait to hear about that. Um, let's start off with the news before we get into that. Um, I wanted to talk about Nintendo's Mario Direct that they did. It's actually for the 35th anniversary of Mario, so in the Nintendo Direct they had mentioned Super Mario 3D All-Stars which is uh, upgraded versions of the 3D Mario games uh, like Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, Super Mario Galaxy. Those are going to be coming to the Nintendo Switch in a bundle, so Mm -hmm. you won't have to worry about buying those titles individually. They'll have higher resolutions than the original versions, and the games have been optimized for smoother gameplay experience because you know sometimes when you go to play those older games on newer tvs you kind of notice that weird like wavy effect you know like it doesn't look super crisp so from what i understand they've really made some visual improvements to have those games run a lot better and you know it includes like an in-game music player so you can go through all the songs from all the games and just play the songs on the Nintendo Switch, which I thought was pretty cool. And uh, the only thing that threw me off, though, was that they had mentioned that there would be a limited production of it, even though the game is really? digital. Yeah. So it's launching for the Switch on September 18th. Okay. And will be available that. until March 31st, 2021. So that's your window to buy this. Now, don't get me wrong. Who people who are interested in this are going to buy it before that time i'm sure but for someone who's not necessarily super ingrained in games and i would just hate to think that there's someone that like finds out about this too late and they're like oh man i wish i could have got this but you know that's a little bit of an odd choice because i'm not sure why you would have a limited release i know that they're making a physical copy of the game but it is being released digitally as well so i'm not sure why that limited window is there but yeah. that's that's one of the bigger things that they discussed. Uh, they also showed Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, uh, which I thought was a little bit cool. Basically what Mario Kart Live Circuit is, it's a actual RC car for Mario Kart, and it connects to your phone. Now, it basically allows you to make a Mario Kart track in your house, and the kart has like this little camera, so you see other people on your phone while you're literally driving the rc car through your home yeah and the rc car responds like if you get hit by a shell the rc car will stop moving or if you hit a boost the rc car will go a little bit faster which i thought was a little bit cool kind of gimmicky but you know i like rc cars and mario kart is just it, it seems like it just makes too much sense to make rc cars out of it i know that they have before but this one seems to be way more interactive it's i know that they have a mario set and a luigi set that's going to be coming out october 16th and i believe the retail price is like 99.99 it's a hundred dollars for this car God so it's, it's it's pretty up there because yeah even if you're like an rc enthusiast for a hundred bucks you could get like a badass you know like a badass rc car 
So the fact that it has like this AR, almost like VR like thing that it's it's allowing you to put it in your own home and make your own tracks. I think that's kind of cool. We'll see how successful that is. I know it's kind of hard to convince parents to buy a hundred dollar RC car. <laughs> you yeah. know, especially if you have more than one kid. Well, you know you're gonna have to buy two. You're gonna have to get the Mario and Luigi. So uh Shoot. what did you what did you think about the the Mario Kart live circuit? Well Mario Kart the Kart Live Circuit, I thought it was interesting. Uh, the only thing that I think, though, is, like, as far as, like, peripherals are concerned, Nintendo Power Glove and everything, and then on top of Power Glove, they had a lot of different type of products or accessories that came out for just the Wii, and I feel like with the Mario Kart Live, it's, like, an interesting concept. Definitely, I didn't even realize that they may have, may have possibly made other RCs before and trying to, like, revive this type of a product you know mm -hmm. but they're adding a couple extra features to it like the webcam well the camera that way you can see it through your phone and stuff you know i think that's a really interesting way to like play the game especially since mario kart with like the tracks that they give you and stuff you can kind of make the map however you want so that's pretty interesting whenever you're playing with it. as far as like the 35th anniversary announcement for super mario though i was really more excited for 3d world not the bundle but just mm -hmm. the one that came out on the wii u they had a 3d world that came out on the previous generation console and i was waiting for it to make it you know transition onto the switch so honestly the fact that you sent me that video with that game included with it that was where my hype went to i was like damn man i can't wait for this to actually hit shelves because i've been waiting for like that title to be released that way I can play that with like my siblings and everything and it's a much more open world Mario game that's cooperative play so I think that's a lot more interesting as opposed to like just running left to right and collecting power-ups you know yeah. uh, plus I think they added like a Bowser stage bonus level or something like that to the game too so it's adding its own additional content on top of you know all the previous content that came out whenever the game was first released and had its additional features added to it too with time so it's kind of interesting they're adding that to it too. Yeah. So what Dylan was referring to, we we're actually going to get, we we're actually going to talk about that uh, next, uh, which is Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Yes. So it is a multiplayer Mario 3D Mario game. It's coming to the Switch once again. It has enhanced visuals. It originally launched on the Wii U, like Dylan had said. It was very co-op gameplay heavy. Uh, both online and through local local multiplayer and you know you had a variety of creative levels additional you know additional content is always yeah. good to see uh, i know that they're adding bowser's fury in there that's yeah. going to be coming out february 12 2021 i believe they're also going to be releasing uh new amiibo figures like cat mario and cat peach uh what? at the same time as that. the game to kind of correspond with the game so i think that's kind of cool yeah um, I, i'm gonna be honest i don't really fuck with the amiibos all that much because i know i knew that once i saw I saw them making Amiibos and talking about them. I was like, yo, if I start getting these things, I'm going to start getting them one after the other after the other. Yeah. So I've just avoided Amiibos altogether <laughs> with the exception of Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight is the only Amiibo I have. Yeah. Uh, because I fuck with Shovel Knight. That's my dude. If no one has played Shovel Knight, it's great. It's literally a masterclass in what old 2D platformers used to be in terms of music, gameplay, difficulty, and the story's really great. So shout out to, uh, I think that's Yacht Club Games who does... Uh, 
Shovel Knight, but they they really ha- hit it out of the park with that one. That's a that's a solid game right there. But um, yeah, so that's Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. They also mentioned a re- a re-release of the Game and Watch handheld oh. um, that is Super Mario Brothers themed. So the new collectible device is inspired by the original Game and Watch systems first released in 1980. The original handheld device included a game that was Game and Watch. You know, you see Game and Watch as Super Mario Brothers, and uh, I'm sorry, not Super Mario Brothers in Smash. I know. Dylan, you're pretty familiar with Smash, so mm-hmm. that's where Game & Watch comes from. And they're releasing the Super Mario Brothers edition. It's not only going to have a special version of Game & Watch that features Mario as opposed to Game & Watch, um, it's also going to include uh, Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels as well, which was Super Mario Brothers 2 in Japan. Uh, we just got it as Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels uh, here in the States. So that's pretty cool. It, it has like all these little... I like when Nintendo does stuff like this. They're like, we're, we're going to release this little handheld console. It's not going to be super expensive. I believe they said it is launching November 13th. Uh, I believe it's forty nine ninety nine. So you can play Mario 2, the original Mario, Mario 2, the Lost Levels, and the Game & Watch uh, on this little handheld. I'm not sure what they mentioned in terms of, like, it's power source, if it's battery operated. I can't yeah. imagine it would be because, you know, modern technology. Like, just throw a micro USB in there. Yeah, so solves that, everything. Yeah, so that'll be kind of cool. Or Type C would be even better. I'm very much on the on the battlefield, like preaching Type C. Like I'm so tired of having so many different connections in my fucking house. I get like, that. My mic uses USB. My headset uses micro USB. My PlayStation controller uses micro USB. My phone uses Type C. Like I just want to get everything on one proprietary right. wire. Everything's got to be universal, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I can't wait. But cause from what I understand, DualSense, uh, the new PlayStation Five controller, is going to be Type C. So I'm pretty excited about oh. that because then you know I'm charging my phone on the couch. Oh, my controller's dying. Boom! Plug the connection in. You're all set. Yeah. So uh, the next thing that they had actually mentioned was Super Mario Brothers 35, which kind of reminded me of Tetris 99. Yeah. I don't know if you. Ever played tetris 99 where it was a battle royale tetris game where you could you're playing against 99 other or 98 other people and to see who is the number one super mario 35 is 35 players in a competitive online battle game 35 players are all simultaneously playing mario one and if you defeat an enemy if you stomp on a goomba or on one of the 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 turtle dudes it will send that enemy to another player so i'm pretty excited to see you know some of the gameplay for this uh the game will be it's i believe it's actually out on in the first week of october i think it's october 1st actually it's a digital only game exclusive to the nintendo switch online service so if you have nintendo switch online don't forget to go on there and check your games because you have the nes for free online player and you have the super nes player which is the one that i'm i'm really i'm really all about that one because i've i've replayed donkey kong country one like three times because it's available there they haven't released two yet you know how much i love donkey kong country 2 so um when they release donkey kong country 2 on the nintendo switch online i'm probably gonna call a day off of work i'm gonna be real honestly i'm glad you pointed that out like i downloaded the super nintendo entertainment system and the regular nintendo entertainment system off of the nintendo online and it was free service but i haven't gone through like their library and they update pretty regularly too adding like games here and there just for free just retro games just added onto there i think the latest one that i saw added was probably like kirby or something like that 
Kirby. Yeah. I know that they had like a baseball game, and there's some good titles on the Super Nintendo one. Uh, Super yeah. Ghouls and Ghosts, fucking hard ass game. But luckily, Goblins. with the Super Nintendo Online service, uh, it does have that pretty cool feature that allows you to rewind. So if you died, you can literally rewind a little bit to the point where you died before. I'm not going to lie, that's how I beat it. I had um, no idea they had that feature. Yeah, that, that, button. that game always plagued me as a kid because it is grueling really <laughs> hard. I mean, the frames for, for jumping and platforming are so small that... Yeah, it's but real that, tight. That oh game is gosh. fucking awesome, though. So if, if, if anyone wants to check that out. So uh, one of the other things that they actually hit on, which was Super Mario All-Stars. So for those of you that don't know Super Mario All-Stars, it was actually one of the cartridges that I think came with I, I don't know if it was the original super nintendo or if it was do you remember that they made a smaller one at one point kind of like a nintendo slick well slim kind like of super nintendo slim because there's the square one and then there's the one that was so they had all stars which was several games packaged into one cart so they're actually re-releasing that classic uh game for the switch it's actually available through the nintendo switch online service and it's available now so what? this direct i think was maybe wednesday or thursday i can't remember what day it was but they announced oh this is available now so if you're listening to this go check it out it includes the original super mario brothers Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels, aka Super Mario 2 in Japan, and then Super Mario Brothers 2 and Super Mario Brothers 3. All rezzed up. It doesn't, you know, they, they have better, it looks better, better graphics. Super Mario 3, I'm going to say, is fucking awesome. Like, in my opinion, in like the top three Mario games, it goes like Super Mario World, which is my favorite Mario game of all time, and then Super Mario 3. That game is a fucking classic. So if anyone is interested in that, I would say definitely check that out. That is available right now. But in terms of really the Super Mario 35th anniversary things that they announced that was really in my opinion the stuff of consequence they're going to be doing a lot of super mario events this year i know that they have some events going on in mario kart tour which is i believe is the mobile version of mario kart you're going to be able to find mario kart i mean mario themed furniture in animal crossings and they are doing special speed run courses coming to super mario maker 2 and you know they're, they're doing a lot of cool little stuff like that there's like i think a mario themed splat fest coming to splatoon 2 in january so you know they're like oh they're we're gonna do all this merch they're doing a collaboration with puma to release mario 64 running shoes so plus a lot of other mario themed stuff you know but in terms of like the the real stuff of consequences that's really we just went over all the most important stuff so if anyone is interested please go to nintendo's website check it out there's a lot of information there so it's it's a great time to be a fan of mario i'm not gonna lie i was a little bit disappointed with the with the announcement of Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy because it seemed like it only... They're like, okay, you can run it on the Switch now. We improved, I think they said, the controls, and it looks a little bit better. But I would have really loved to have seen, like, a... Oh, here's these challenges... You know, here's these, you know, just extra things to give you an extra incentive because it's like, oh, okay, cool. Now I can play Mario 64. I mean, how many times have I played Mario 64 in my life? But for, I know if a lot of people have been wanting to be able to play these games again, because with the exception of having to play it on the Wii, and I think possibly the Wii U, you really didn't have an option of playing Mario 64 unless you were playing it on one of those emulators on the Wii or Wii U or if you had the original game. So at least it's available now in some form, and I think that's pretty cool. You know, Nintendo always does that little quality of life changes to stuff, so I'd be surprised if for the next anniversary you see something more in line with that, I guess. So it's it's it was fine. You know, the Direct was maybe like about 16 minutes. Like I said, nothing really 
big that I was like, oh, holy shit. But, yeah. you know, at, at least it's there for, for the people who, who want it, so. Yeah. I, I definitely had my sights set on something a little bit bigger once it was, once you sent me that video. Like, I was thinking maybe 35th anniversary, they would do something a little bit, you know, a little, you know, show a little bit more love to a classic character that's been sitting in their ranks for the longest. So, uh, I guess I kind of just had the thought that, you know, maybe we'd be getting something new, but... Yeah. I mean, this is your boy. This is Mario. Yeah. This is oh, yeah. the Nintendo mascot. More yeah. kids, I would argue, more kids in the world know what Mario is as opposed to, like, Jesus. So yeah. You showed them a picture of Jesus, and then you showed them a picture of Mario, they'd be like, oh, that's Mario. be like, yo, who's who's this Middle Eastern guy, you know? <laughs> that, but, uh, yeah, so that was Nintendo's Direct. Another little bit of news, PlayStation this week has discussed that they want to bring more games to PC. So I thought that was pretty interesting. We have seen a few titles migrate from PlayStation to the PC space, Rise of Zero Dawn being one of those. I'm excited for this. I'm probably not going to play them on PC because, you know, I'm... I think we're both more console gamers, but yeah. I do want people to be able to experience these games. So I think that that's pretty great. And I think that that shows that Sony is willing to, you know, kind of play ball. And I think it's a pretty smart move because they released Horizon on PC. Horizon 2 is going to be coming out with PS5. I don't know if that's going to be coming out at launch or not, but now you have this whole other audience of people who can get into Horizon and be excited for the sequel and maybe play it on PS5. So I know there's, you know, there's, I mean, there's so many PlayStation exclusive games that I would love more people to experience, like Bloodborne. Bloodborne is a really great game, and you know, obviously the Uncharted series is really great. But I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. It shows a more of a level-headedness with Sony of being more consumer friendly and like hey fine you don't have to play it on playstation but we're going to give you a reason to want to play it on playstation and i think that's that's pretty great so what yeah do you, how do you feel about this d more ps5 more playstation titles coming to pc hmm well i guess it really depends how well horizon zero dawn is one that i've heard a lot of good things about but i've never really played it myself it's one of those like open world shooting games right uh, it's full hunting or yes horizon zero dawn is beautiful yeah I it know looks that. great um the story is really great i love the character aloy yeah you're basically hunting these mechanical dinosaurs and monsters and and animals basically mm. you're doing upgrades around the way it's got skill trees and you know kind of like rpg where where do you want to spend your your skill points and do all that but it's a really great story and yeah i'm, I'm glad people are getting to to experience it because i think that they they do have something special with that title so i'd like yeah, to man. see more now if they were releasing other games that i'd like to see come to pc where the fuck is Persona 3 FES, Fez? It was available on the PS3 PlayStation Network store, not on PS4. The only way yeah. I can play Persona 3 Fez right now is on my PS2, which I still have hooked up, by the way. Yeah. It's hooked up to my TV <laughs> right now. Um, it's the only way I can play Tekken 4 also. But but yeah, so that's a little bit of news for, for this week. You know, PlayStation doing things, Nintendo doing things, and I believe also Xbox mentioned that they were going to be doing Tokyo Game Show which is interesting because I don't know if they've ever done Tokyo Game Show because Microsoft does not really do that great in Japan. And TGS is one of those shows where it's like, hey, this is this is like, you know, it's not as big as like Gamescom, which I think takes place in Germany, but it's it's a T- TGS is a pretty big thing. So for for Microsoft and Xbox to want to be doing a, a show there, I think it's it's like one of their attempts of capturing the eastern yeah. market. But the thing is, I feel like you you just already lost it because I believe that Xbox certain time frames has sold like double digits 
in Japan, which is obviously not great. It, that's actually really bad. Oh, what um, do you mean by the certain time frames, though, that they've sold Xbox? I don't know if Japan. it's been for, like, the year or, like, a fiscal quarter or, like, a period okay. of three months or four months where they only sold, like, double digits. So not exceeding what 99, you know. Are you serious? Yeah. That is ridiculously low. Holy crap. Yeah. You know how many people are... No way. Like, yeah. that, hearing that is mind-blowing to me. Like, I expected at least sales numbers in, like, the four digits at least. Because they have so many people in Japan, you know? And yeah, they have different titles that just stick to Xbox alone and everything, too. So, honestly, that kind of surprises me that, you know, that sales over there are that bad. Wow. Yeah. And, I mean, the the Xbox One has done much better than the 360 did. It's, it's oh, yeah. sold it and to to if you're looking inside the microsoft bubble the xbox one is a success because it has made them money but if you're looking at it compared to the ps4 like it is clearly you know we, we had that whole episode about the console wars but if there was a clear winner and loser of the generation then ps4 dominated xbox in almost every aspect but you know i'm i'm ex- I'm, I'm i'm excited to see them doing this because it shows that they're not giving up yeah. um, whether or not it's too late for them to try to trying to capture cuz i i'm going to be honest i understand them trying to widen the appeal of the xbox but the thing is capturing the japanese market is not going to like turn things around for xbox it's not you know sony uh, i'm kind of curious what kind of direction they're trying to go with like you know higher sales numbers in there man it could open up like possibilities of like different titles going into xbox assuming they you know obviously make it a hit in the east obviously yeah because i think that one of the yakuza games coming up has like a launch exclusivity with xbox and yakuza has always been pretty prominent on playstation so yeah um i just thought that was interesting because it shows that they are they're willing to kind of you know take maybe a different approach that being said xbox has tried capturing the japanese market multiple times in the past and it hasn't always worked out best for them so i'm curious what the thought behind that is of like do you really think that it's worth worth investing when your returns in this particular market aren't as yeah as big as you would want them to be but but anyway yeah that's really all i have for news uh dylan uh, i know you said you were playing avengers uh do you want to tell me a little bit about that how you liking it how's it feel man i'm kind of like in the middle with the game right now i've Mm -hmm. probably put about three to three and a half hours of playtime into it right now and so far i think like something that's it's an interesting game i like i think the story is okay as like from a comic book fan i think that it's not like something as heavy as like mm-hmm. some DC would write up for scripts wise you know it's just a good Marvel script for like I guess a teen okay yeah it's the best way to put it but uh, personally like I feel like right now like in the early parts of the game they give you two characters to switch between right now that's as far as I've gotten mm-hmm. which two and oh it's gonna be between Hulk and Kamala Khan okay yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if you know Kamala Khan, but yeah, she's I'm like familiar with her. Mr. Fantastic in a way, but yeah, you know, yeah. So you're but, five, five or so hours in. Um, let me ask you this: separating it from you know the whole comic book side, how does it play as a game? Does it feel oh, like man. a good game, or is it? Because the one thing I was worried about was, am I going to give this game a pass because it's Marvel franchises and I like okay. a lot of Marvel franchises? Yeah. Or am I going to be able to separate the game from the from the IP, the intellectual property? So, 
every character is unique. I'll give it that at first. Mm-hmm. The opening like hour of the game, you do like this short little intermission with Kamala Khan, and then after you do, you handle that. You just start playing as all party members of the Avengers, and you kind of get a sense of like what their skill sets are like. Mm-hmm. And everyone brings something different to the table. Mm-hmm. And I think just because they kind of give you that early on in the game, it's very like confusing. Just because you know Captain America operates a different way, his com- his control layout operates a little differently than the Hulk. You know, he's got a lot more execution finishes, sort of like how in the Arkham games you press triangle circle and you just okay. instantly down someone. How's, he's got that. How's America's ass? America's ass is great. America's ass is great? Okay, so it's that did translate yeah, well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm... laughs> we gotta check on the cheeks. We gotta do the yeah. cheek report. So America, um, Captain America's ass gets an A plus from Dylan. Yeah. He said it makes him thirsty. <laughs> I don't know what that means. So. But yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Continue. No, no, but on, in all honesty, though, like, uh, I feel like the game, it started off so quickly. And, like, once they throw you into, like, that first opening act, and then... It, it, okay, the game starts you off real slow with that intermission. And then it pulls up to, like, an 80 all of a sudden. Okay. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, after you finish that first mission with the Avengers, it stops to, like, a grinding 10 miles per hour instead of 80, you know? Like, you know, mm-hmm. where, where did all that pacing go all of a sudden, you know? that. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. like, all of a sudden, I'm not allowed to play as the Avengers. I have to earn them and stuff. And just playing the game, like, I get how that, you know, that the grind works. And surprisingly, they have, like, it, it's a lot more grindy than you think. It's, shoot, how do they call that one game during uh, the State of Play announcement? A looter slasher, almost? Yeah, yeah, looter slasher. Uh, God so, was. yeah, they have, like, equipable items that enemies will drop or, you know, you can find items in, like, loot chests and stuff like that and mm-hmm. disassemble them for, like, cra- craftable components. Mm-hmm. And you kind of use those to either upgrade gear or upgrade your character. And they have skill trees, separate skill trees for individual characters, too, might I add. Like, oh, man, dude. Like, and, I mean, something that kind of personally bothers me at least is it's there has been no spider-man so far i'm not sure if he's coming out in like future dlc but whenever i bought the game from walmart and stuff like that and i was taking a look at it through the shrink wrap and stuff i took some time to like go to like the xbox aisle to see their their games and then i went to the police and Childs, and it had like that little sticker on it that said oh please spider-man Mm-hmm. is exclusive to the playstation 4 so that has been true to what you've said so far so yeah. i was really looking forward to like seeing how that would go but i think in order to get there i'm gonna have to like earn my way to play as to wear the, the arachnid warrior yeah the man arachnid. spider-man yeah. has a tingling sensa- uh, sensation his arachnids <laughs> um oh god that's yeah, a man. deep cut um, oh dude man that was such a good jack black joke <laughs> oh god oh so you remember it <laughs> hell yeah man that was dude. incredible man dude what was that from the movie awards the that MTV? was from the movie award back in like 2000 man it Jesus. was so good uh dylan i'm so proud of you because <laughs> i wasn't even sure what that was from but i just remember yeah jack black yeah. playing spider-man probably maybe like spider-man 2 era no, and, it was Spider-Man One. He was like ripping no. it so hard, dude. You, there was that iconic scene where like he wake Peter Parker wakes up in the morning and he's like, "Man, I'm all like, buffed out." And then Jack Black is like, "Fucking sexy, hell yeah!" <laughs> and he's like looking through the window, looking at Mary Jane. And he's like, I don't know. He 
Yeah, that's whenever the arachnid joke came out, and yeah, dude, I just, so I just good. lost my shit right there. I'm so happy you know what that is because uh, I wasn't even sure what it was from, and for it to be like from the 2000s, like the yeah. early aughts, you know. That's, oh man, that's awesome. Well, that's good. It sounds like you're, you know, I'm excited to to hear. Yeah. Once you're once you have more time in in Avengers, that's pretty cool. I am still grinding through Persona Five Royal. Yeah. Um, it is ruining my life <laughs> because I am 102 hours in and I may be halfway through this fucking game. Good God, um, man. And Last it, time we talked, I think you said you were like 40 hours playtime. That or you at least in your second palace. You just point. passed it. Oh, yeah. Where no, are you at right I now in the game? I am at, let me see, I have beaten the first, I think I'm on like the fifth palace. Okay. Like I said, 99 hours in. I've done a really good playthrough this time because I have... I think with the exception of my kindness, like all my social stats are at five and I still have a bunch of stuff to go. So I've gotten really good at doing that. I also have numerous confidants maxed out. So I'm trying to really get like the best one run playthrough. I'm going to try to go for the platinum and then I'm going to try to to watch the animated series before we do our Persona 5 episode. It's just... It, it just demands so much of you. Persona 5 Royal demands so much of you. And I want to have as much content fresh in my mind when we go in to do this episode. Because despite the fact that I may, I say that it's ruining my life, it is a really great game. And I really enjoy playing it. Most of the time, at least. Sometimes I'm just like, oh god, please. Please can you just yeah. be over. But no, it's a testament to how good of a game it is. But other than Persona 5 Royal, I've actually been playing the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 remaster. Um, and they are fucking awesome. They just literally made up for the monstrosity. Let me say this again. The monstrosity. That was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. Because fuck Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. <laughs> yeah, I fucking said it. Come find me. I will fight you in my front lawn over this fucking game. Over how bad it was. Because Pro Skater 5 was so... It was a cash grab. If I remember correctly, that year that they released it was the last year that they had the license to publish Tony Hawk's game. Tony Hawk games. Oh, so they so just like, had to throw oh, something out. They just literally threw it out. The game, it played like shit. It ran like shit. It didn't have the spirit of what Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was. And Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 is my favorite Tony Hawk game. Because I was super into the Tony Hawk games. Because they... Actually actually influence a lot of my musical taste and things like that because Tony Hawk's Pro Skater games had like underground hip-hop, rock, you know, rap rock, a bunch of types of music and I learned a lot of undergrounds through through that. I learned about Aesop rock through that. I learned about like MF Doom and you know De La Soul and all these all these artists and groups that I, I really love to this day. So, so the soundtrack did not slap for this game. Uh, for five, no, I wasn't a fan of it. Also, Little Wayne was playable in it, which I thought was fucking weird. I'm like, who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> just, like who gives? I mean, I'm not. A little... I mean, does he legitimately skate? Like, he does. Serious question. Little Wayne, he does skate. Okay. I don't know to what extent anymore, or even at his peak. That was kind of around the era where like rappers were trying to branch out from just yeah. things in the rap scene. And I know Lil Wayne was like trying to play guitar at some point. I was like, dude, this is not why people like your music. Anyway, whatever. I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> but uh, Pro Skater One and Two remake. And man, this thing is like a love letter to Tony Hawk. The early Tony Hawk games. It's perfect. It plays exactly how it needs to play. It looks great. The music is still intact. The feeling of, of getting collectibles and doing the levels is still intact. So I'm, I'm having a really good time with it. I'm maybe about like five or six hours in, similar to what you were in, into Avengers, but uh, I'm having a really good time with it. It's just something I hop in, boom, oh, what challenges do I need to do? All right, boom, there's a bunch of challenges. 
collectibles something i thought was very interesting i thought it was actually really cool when you go to create your own skater it doesn't ask you are you male or female like it's just what do you want to look like which someone like me who's pretty progressive and you know i love seeing stuff like that because it gives a player more agency over who they want to be and who they want to play as so i think that's pretty great you know you can customize your your board your tattoos your clothing so it's pretty cool to just see all these customizable things in the game and this ability to kind of make it truly feel like it's you so i thought that was really cool but yeah that's really that's really about it persona 5 royal and tony hawk are like kind of what i've been focusing most on yeah um i'm still like i said i can't wait till i finish persona 5 royal because there's other games that i want to play it's just we're coming up on today is saturday september 5th and i believe in two weeks we are doing our persona 5 episode so i got two weeks left to get through this fucking game uh <laughs> so but yeah, yeah plenty of time i think i hope so, so man i hope yeah. so i have honestly i think i should try off. to get it started soon too man that or at least continue through my playthrough somehow just so that i can get caught up with like a story that or you were mentioning watching the animated series i think at least going through that in my spare time would at least let me know a lot more of like what's going on when we actually go to like recording the episode you know yeah so but that's uh that's our news and our you know what we've been playing and what we've been doing but let's get into the topic for for our episode today which actually you know we got together dylan we came up with this one because you know we talk a lot about console gaming and modern gaming but uh, let's why don't we bring it back to the basics why don't we bring it back to the classics you know yeah let's let's acknowledge all eras and we came to the conclusion that both of us really wanted to talk about like arcade games arcade experiences and arcade class so you know your cabinets your pinball machines things that before games were prevalent in the home where you had to actually go somewhere to play these things you know those are some like really good experiences especially when you're you're a younger kid and you know you see flashing lights and sounds and you're like oh my god yeah so you know I'd, I'd love to get into this topic with you Dylan yeah man uh, so Dude, why don't I you mean, start I us off? yeah well I want to start off by not well by talking about at least how it's kind of nice whenever i just go to walmart and just check out the electronic store they have that little they have cabinets for sale now at arcade like, one up yeah yeah man like and the other day i was going to the vape store and they had a little cabinet right. set up too inside of their business and while i was just waiting for my product i was just playing a game of teenage mutant ninja turtle turtles in time and i was like dude this really like takes me back like i haven't remembered like going to like a public place and playing these games again in the longest time like shoot i had flashbacks of like being a seven-year-old at chuck e cheese again that's how great that feeling gave me man honestly like those cabinets are interesting and that's kind of like what gave me the thought of like man you know these i think these episodes would be pretty good and we should maybe have one dedicated to like talking about a couple of things that were so great in gaming back whenever these games were only accessible like in a public place so you know i think us dialing back and talking about a couple of these titles and how much of an impact they made on gaming just as a whole might have you know moved things along uh anyways the first one that i have on my list is dance dance revolution oh yeah and And you know the funny thing is i was gonna throw that on there but (laughs) i was like man it what what game in arcades stands out more than absolutely when someone is playing it man and first of all (laughs) (laughs) but no it's true it's true it's it's the the footwork that would dazzle a schoolgirl. I yeah. mean, it is incredible. incredible. Oh my gosh, man! But yeah, DDR, tell me, tell me. Oh my gosh! Oh, 
Like, it's its own community inside of an arcade, first off. Like, I remember, like, man, going to arcades, and usually this, this cabinet would be set center stage inside of, like, the entire arcade. And usually if someone's playing, that's, like, where it's most bustling. Like, people will just watch others play, and, like, people will throw their tokens or chips on the machine to kind of... There, there was an etiquette involved into the game, too, you know? Like, people that played it... They set their tokens on the machine that way they could let other people know, hey, you know, yeah. I'm next and stuff. Put like your quarter that. up. Yeah, you don't put your quarter up, you don't hold your spot. So yeah. aside from that, you're just watching people. And even then, like, it, it is amazing to see like how fast some of these people move. Like, it's crazy. But like aside from that, it's like an exercise. And honestly, it's it's probably the first rhythm-based game made in Japan that had a Western release. And I think that it what you know that game specifically was a pretty good one to have sent over like they have the drum game and stuff like that too but i kind of feel like that's not as like it doesn't sell like where japanese rhythm based games can go you know early at that time at least right but now once it started hitting the western states and stuff like that you got things like pump it up and you've got like other rhythm based games now that are pretty much integral to like arcade games now yeah. like you don't really max see... yeah um, man what's the other one because i i'm gonna be honest i love rhythm games i really yeah. do they're so fun to me and there's a challenge behind it because there's no cheesing a yeah. rhythm game you know there's no cheating it you just have yeah. to be good at it and it, it goes to that old arcade mentality of like scores high yeah. scores and it's man i ddr is really fun we have yeah like four different versions of ddr for the ps2 and we have the mats i think one of them doesn't work and finding a ddr mat that works these days is fucking hard so yeah but i actually have a uh like a collection of the ddr games and you know i play them with the controller and they they're just pretty awesome i mean i, yeah. I love there's another one there's a really good one on the on the playstation if everyone is interested in like a good uh ddr style game it's called dj max respect on oh. the PS4, it is awesome, and then I think there's another one I have. I can't remember what the other one is right now, um, but they they rhythm games are so engaging and so fun, and you yeah. know, part of the fun is losing because you're like, fuck, yeah. like I'm clearly not here yet, but Shoot. yeah, DDR feels like a staple arcade, like yeah, because where else do you see it, you know, <laughs> unless you're playing it on man. the controller at home. Oh, like it's, that's it's, the thing, man. Well, it, it, well, the thing about DDR is it's current in its current state, it's been exceeded by pump it up right now i'm not sure if you know Has it really? pump it up yeah no yeah, pump it up is actually a lot bigger now you're gonna see them in a lot more like well, i see them in a lot more arcades as opposed to like dance dance revolution it's the one that has five steps instead of the four you know yeah but it i mean it's just as fun too it's just like man like i it could be just a me personal thing but i've been playing ddr so often as like a teenager so whenever I step up on like a pump it up pad, I just have that that built in layout already in my head where it's like, okay, I step on up, down, left or right, you know, I don't step direct diagonally at all. So sometimes whenever I'm playing, I just kind of forget that even though I'm looking at the screen and the arrows, my legs want to do one thing and then my head's telling me to do another thing. So it's kind of hard to get like that basic grasp and transition over, but like definitely if if I see an arcade with Dance Dance Revolution in there, my God, like, I I'm telling you, like, that that's where all my chump change is going, like, it's going straight <laughs> to DDR, man, like, nah, man, that that's it, like, 
a lot of these games, like, they're, they're a little cash grab. You know, you play three rounds, and then afterwards you put in some more tokens, and you play some more. And, dude, back whenever we had DDR at a local bowling alley down here, shoot, bowling didn't even exist to me. I just played DDR the entire time in the arcade. Dude, it was a good time, man. Met a lot of friends back then, too, just because it was its own community and stuff. So, you know, message each other, hang out, meet up to play DDR, man. It's awesome. But, yeah, yeah. DDR it was really important to me growing up back then. And I think, like... It kind of sold the experience of a, you know, a arcade experience where you go out and you, you socialize publicly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Back then, you know, that's kind of what Street Fighter and Punch-Out and all these other cabinets did. People would kind of get in line talk about these things oh, yeah, and 100%. stuff like that. And like I said, and you have that etiquette yeah. of putting your quarter up and it's like, yo, this, I got next. And yeah, then you exactly. have the rule of like, okay, winner goes. You yeah, know, winner stays. You know, if you win, you stay. The next person comes up, boom, boom, yeah. boom, and then that's how you go. And you could tell, you could tell, man. I hear a lot of great stories about you know like DDR, and I remember there yeah, were cabinets near a place where I used to go when I was in my teenage years called Boomers, and that place, you know, they had a DDR machine, and you know that was during that was right around the time where I was doing reckless shit. I'd go over to Boomers and you know just like there was a fence that around the whole place, <laughs> and you had to pay to get in, and I would always break. <laughs> like a hole in the fence I would just like literally strong arm it and Dude. break it man I feel so bad for the maintenance guy for that fucking building because he had to have repaired that fence like 30 times because of me and then wow. they started getting smart and putting a bar across it and I would just go <laughs> to a different section of the fence break that to get in and then you know and it would just Dude. be doing my scumbag shit as <laughs> fucking but uh yeah DDR you, know, you gotta do what you gotta do to play ddr for free though so yeah no and it wasn't even and that, i totally you gotta respect pay, that but, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was just admission D ddr that's a that's a great pick d thanks man dude yeah. what do you got on your list so ddr pretty modern game yeah because you know it's bright lights music it, it's enticing um, yeah i'm gonna take it back a little bit you know i want to talk about pinball and oh, nice. the reason why I talk about pinball is because recently in the last three years or so, I've regained a huge love for pinball. And that's because one of my associates through work, before COVID, he was actually in the process of opening an arcade and kind of like a pinball lounge slash ar arcade because he has like 16 storage units just full of arcade cabinets, pinball machines, and any any sort of game like you, you, you he, he's got it. He's Wait, 16 storage spaces. You're talking like, you know, renting out little garages. Like a 10 by 10 storage space. 16 oh, of them. And he's got 16 of them. Full. Full of, of cabinet machines. Cabinets. There's a couple of them because I'm, I'm really close Damn. with him and, you know, we help each other with a lot of stuff. Yeah. So he, he always tells me, he's like, yo, if you want any of the games, he's like, just let me know. We'll get them out of storage. He's like, because I'd rather you have them at your house and they're being played instead of just sitting collecting dust. So Man, that is there's, awesome. there's a couple of them that I'm trying to get off of him. He has a Tekken 4 cabinet and Tekken 4 is one of my greatest, like one of my favorite games of all time. And he... I'm telling you, one day or another, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finally finesse him into selling that to me because I, I want that Tekken Four cabinet. Like Honestly, dude, business. after seeing 16 full storage cubicles of straight up cabinets, I don't blame you for having like all of a sudden some sort of like light goes off of you all of a sudden. It's like wow, like pinballs and stuff and yeah. cabinets, like so, something lit up for you as soon as you saw like 
that huge spread of basically arcade cabinets everywhere and that that oh man i I, would, I think that would be a special sight to see right there yeah so i'll send you pictures i have pictures of all that shit and yeah man i would I love keep, to see that me and him kind of worked together and i was helping him kind of get the arcade along and finding a location but like i said covid hit and pinball is so to me it's so enticing because a lot of people don't know you're supposed to play pinball a certain way yeah every pin every pin has its set rules so like you're supposed to do this you're supposed to knock down these targets you're supposed to hit this thing hit this ramp go over here to maximize your score as opposed to people just going in and you know hitting the ball but that's the thing about pinball yeah. that even if you don't know how to be even though you don't know how you're supposed to you're supposed to be specifically playing the board you can still have fun with it yeah and it's just the lights the score it's the noises like very few things like pulling your plunger back and letting it go and you know, it's it's awesome. One game in particular that I love, a, a specific pin. It's made by uh, by Gottlieb, I believe, and I think it was 1984. I think it's called Black Hole. And one of my favorite things about pinball machines is each one is different themed. So you have some that are themed for like race cars. You have some that are themed for like the Adams Family, Indiana Jones, Iron Maiden. You know, Kiss. You have all these collaborations that they do like Jetsons and here's one for Pirates of the Caribbean and this one was space themed my favorite pinball game of all time is called Black Hole the cool thing about Black Hole is the whole theme is revolving around space and a black hole so you play the field and on the field you have your ramps and all that but there's a there's a very special section that if you hit like three of these targets and you launch a shot up your ramp the ball descends into a lower playing field where you actually start playing the game in reverse so now instead of trying to shoot the ball up and prevent it from going down you're shooting it down trying to prevent it from going up it literally reverses it's a mini playing field underneath the actual playing field oh. and you have to do your own little set of tasks in that mini playing field because what happens is you have to open the gates if you don't open the gate and you lose the ball down there it counts as you losing the ball like if you did up top oh. now if you do the targets you can literally stay there and just rack up your multipliers and just the fact that it has like a second play field underneath the regular one and it's inverted i, I thought was just super fucking cool this thing is heavy as shit you know how many pinball machines i've had to move in my life just working <laughs> with my associate like it is absurd like this thing is fucking heavy but when he asked me, he's like, yo, do you, do you want a pin or do you want an arcade cabinet? I was like, I'll probably try to take one of each, depending on like what the space in my place is, you know, because I have the den. And I think we're thinking about moving into a two-bedroom at some point. But that's always like, I want Black Hole, because that game is so much fun to me. Look it up, dude. It's so good. Yeah. I'll send you a video, actually, because there is a game on the PlayStation called Pinball Arcade that I believe is free to download. And then you can buy packs that come with digital versions of real life pins so and black hole is one of those i think at one point i was like number 98 in the world for black God hole damn. online <laughs> because i was i got super obsessed with this fucking game so quick i'll send you videos of it what i'm talking about it's like you shoot yeah, up this particular ramp the ball descends into a lower playing field and then you start playing the game inverted and just that whole like i'm fascinated with the mechanical aspect of pins because you know you have your playing field all these things there's so much wiring underneath the surface of a pinball machine that it's 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 insane and you know working with my coworker and helping him move them and a couple of times like he was showing me how to fix them so 
I, I just love there's like a pinball community there's this really great website slash forum called pinside you can see people's collections and stuff and it's just like you know games of a of a previous time of getting in there having fun but like trying to master it is like the biggest thing is like trying to master this mechanical game because there's no there's no real way it's like you're you're either good at pinball or you're playing pinball to have fun and i mean yeah. some of the fun comes from being good at it it's like easy to get into but difficult to master because you have people who are actually really good at pinball where it's like i'm gonna sink a shot in this ramp every time boom boom and i've gotten to that point a little bit with certain pinball machines because it all depends on like where the ball lands on one of the flippers and how low it is and how much force you put into it to the point where you can start predicting exactly where it's going to go and you know that you're sending your shots accurately but yeah man pinball is just one of those things that like i said it's from a different era it really is it's 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 fun it's really really fun to me and just how mechanically involved it is and it, it's it's just one of those things that it's hard to explain because unless you go to like a place that has pinball machines it, it you know playing pinball digitally is not the same you, you yeah. like the sound and the feels of everything and oh, yeah. hitting, hitting your flippers and you know honestly doing all that. that's the same feeling that people will get from like going to a casino and everything like the way the machine reacts to them and stuff yeah. like that that gets people excited and pinball brings that exact same thing except there's a lot less risk involved you know it's purely just entertainment yeah i wish i could say a lot more but my knowledge is so limited compared to yours on pinball the way that i kind of assess it is i, I go in there playing like how you said some people will play like their sole purpose is to keep the ball afloat the entire time and that's really how i play personally whenever i've played like on pinball cabinets which my time with them has been pretty rare compared to yours but i, I always liked like playing the game and trying to keep the ball up and then once something happens like it's like a secret comes up off sudden. i don't yep. know how this machine works but it's just awesome that this shit just happened and i'm like whoa what's going on yeah you know and, and then all of a sudden you're playing in a whole different type of game yeah pinballs it, it, the market is it, it's still a strong market because they release new pinball machines to this day like you have companies like stern Gottlieb, uh, was it? Uh, I think there's one called D Data East. You know, they make really good pins and they release new editions of them like all the time. I know maybe like a year and a half ago, they released a Beatles one, which I thought was pretty cool because I, you know, I like a lot of music from the Beatles and it, it's just playing songs from the Beatles, you know, like the oh, greatest dope. hits from the Beatles. Then they released a Jetsons one that has all these unique sounds from the show and, and, and all that sort of stuff. So the fact that they're still doing it. And, you know, these things aren't cheap, man. Some of these things, when they come out, they're like 10 to 15 grand. And then you have collector's God, editions, damn. special editions, deluxe editions. So it's not a it's not a cheap thing to, to do by any means if you want to start collecting. Because I'm, 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 like, right at that point where I want to start collecting some. Yeah. Because um, I know I want to get my hands on, on a copy of, on, on a, not a copy, on a... On a black, black hole a black hole yeah for sure that's gonna be like the first one that i try to buy um and they go for a couple thousand bucks so you know i'm not there yet but yeah uh yeah pinball man is just a unique experience and i think synonymous with arcades because you know you don't really see a lot of people with pinball setups in their home so i think that that's you know on, on our topic of arcade classics like yeah I, man I, I had to throw it on there so but yeah that's really all i i wanted to say about it so what uh, what else you got d uh next on my list Metal Slug, I thought that, you know, the type of game that it is... Oh, uh, Metal Slug, by the way, is a SNK game. So if you're familiar with the King of Fighters series and stuff like that, 
it's the same creators of that same series, but they made a different type of game. And this one is more of like, I don't want to call it like a railgun shooter because it's more side-scrolling too, but at the same time, it, the game is very chaotic. There's yeah. so much stuff happening on it's the screen. It's a 2D and... platformer. Thank you. That's also a bullet hell because it yes. involves you avoiding bullets the whole time. <laughs> Man, I, I mean, I'd never really understand like, the story of these games if i'm being honest like arcade games i kind of just go into them right away not really knowing too much and i'm just there for a good time so whenever it comes to like where are these stories going and stuff like that it's not really stuff i really pay attention to and i think that's kind of like one of the nice things about arcade games you know it's not something you really have to think too heavily about it's just something that you're trying to enjoy yourself with. yeah it's and just play exactly just play. <laughs> mm Hmm. But yeah. Metal Slug, it's, yeah, it's really intense for a bullet hell, and it's very unforgiving, too. Like, literally one shot, and you're dead. Or, yeah. I mean, yeah it's, yeah, it's very difficult, but, like, it's basically what an arcade game should be. Like, it, it gives you the fun, and then it gives, once you're out of the fun, you have to put in another coin, you know? Just keep it going, you know? Yeah. And that, that's the whole purpose of it. Like, otherwise, they wouldn't be able to make as much of, you know, business owners at least the reason why they get it is so that they can make a little bit of revenue off of it and of course and yeah so especially in the booming era of arcades you know in the in the 80s and whatever like because arcades died out for a yeah. long time arcades yeah. were just done like you you can i wish i could go back to like the maybe like i wish i could 90s too and just start picking up arcade games at like crazy yeah. cheap because you know they were dying no one wanted them anymore that transition to home console was becoming a thing and arcades are kind of dead which is why i love the japanese culture so much because yeah ar arcades are still very prevalent in japan and you have these like two-story buildings that are just dedicated to arcade machines and honestly like i think it's kind of awesome that majority mm -hmm. of like the population there find it still like a regular to just play video games and socialize at the same time i i'm really i'm really into that whole mindset honestly yeah, like no for sure because it's it's one of those things that you know yeah. homes or at least apartments in japan tend to be very small yeah because you're you're culturally it's more like you you just go home to sleep you know you don't really spend time you know a whole lot you go to work and then you you should go out and do stuff so and me, I'm kind of introverted, so I try to not go out and do stuff. I'm not going to lie. I just straight up, I'm like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to come in here and watch fucking... Uh, I do think, though, if there were a lot more public accessible places that, you oh, know, yeah. cater to the idea of, hey, you know, our whole brand is we're putting games out here for y'all to socialize with, you know? 100%. I think if there was a place like that, you would see me out a lot more often. Definitely. Yeah, I think the same would go... For would apply to yourself wouldn't it oh yeah 100 percent, dude like if there was more things inclined with like what was relevant to my interest yeah yes. i'd be out there all day every day but <laughs> yeah metal slug that's a good one because it's one of those games of like it requires 100 percent of your attention 100 percent of the time yeah because if you don't that would that one shot is going to be enough to kill you similar to like contra but i do remember seeing the metal slug machines and then the same company snk yeah. that did the metal slug machines also did one i don't be honest i don't know the the name it's okay but if i describe it i'm sure you'll know what i'm talking about and please do our listeners will where you're kind of like you're kind of like an airplane like a fighter plane and you're fighting against enemies that are coming at you other planes and you're shooting them down and then you get power-ups so now okay. instead of shooting your bullets straight forward well now you have like three bullets shooting in like a y pattern 
and then so, you get upgrades to shoot more bullets and then you start shooting missiles and then it becomes like how strong can you make your plane and and, yeah. and, and you know those those classic arcade shooters like bullet hells right that's the one you're talking about yeah and i wanted to say galaga at first but i'm pretty sure you know the name galaga oh yeah it's not galaga Galaga, i'm gonna be honest i'm galaga is my favorite arcade game if we're talking about cabinets yeah um the one you're talking about falls along the same principles of the game though like where you're just shooting like straight and then you collect power-ups yeah and galaga is more like oh you can shoot a little bit faster or in later versions it was like oh they add a second ship yeah, um, this one was a little bit. I'll have to send you a link. I'm sure there are people out there who know what I'm talking about. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, Metal Slug. That's great. That's a great one because that's yeah, one of the ones that you always see because you know it's pretty popular. Like it looks yeah. good. It's like the classic Rambo shooter. <laughs> you know, you do that little yeah. like spinning roll when you jump and all. But yeah, that's a, Army that's of a, Two. Just you and your whoever. Your if you're playing with another person, yeah, then shoot. You just go through it and try to run through the game. Honestly. You could probably finish Metal Slug in like a good two hours, or at least an hour and a half if you're lucky. Like playing or if in you're good, arcade cabinet. actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not even so, so much if you're lucky. If you're good, shoot, man. Like if you're really good, shoot, you complete the whole game in like a single quarter. Wow, that that's impressive, right there. Yeah, man. no, you definitely hear stories about that, like people yeah. running through whole games on a single quarter. I think that was the goal for a lot of people, but you yeah. Know, it, it, it counts up quick, you know, especially yeah, if you're dying every three minutes, you know, and the game takes you two hours to beat. You know, think about that. But honestly, if a person put in enough time to beat the game with just a quarter, can you imagine how much money they've actually invested into like getting that good, though? Yeah. To me, they, they deserve playing for a quarter. Then, if that's the case. Oh, one hundred percent. Just but the thing real. also is like. Arcade games traditionally are made to be difficult so that you put more quarters into it. That's almost oh, the yeah. purpose of it, which is why you don't really have easy, like even like something as simple as Asteroids or, you know, Centipede or Space yeah. Invaders. Like these games, they're easy to get into but difficult to master. There's people who, like when you play Pac Man or Miss Pac Man, for instance, like there's a specific way that you can play to maximize your score like doing the same thing and memorizing patterns but then with modern technology and people were making upgraded chipsets for these games to add a level of difficulty that was a little bit higher or give you additional things to do because you know it's not a it's once the cabinet is there the cabinet is there then you can add mod chips to it to make the gameplay a little bit different but yeah it's like i said it's a time it's a different era it's like it demanded you to be good (laughs) yeah but no that's what i had for metal slug down what's your next topic so my next one, you know, trying to stay in line with the, with the arcade cabinet vibe. You know, I talked about pins a little bit. I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there, and just say, X Men versus Capcom, oh the fighter, God. because we got Marvel versus Capcom as um, on console. Yeah, I think we got it on PS2, but the or, oh, I'm sorry, X Men versus Street Fighter. Yeah, that's what it was, and that game is just so ingrained into arcades for me because of the fact that I never owned that game at home. I always thought it was super cool that you had like fucking Cyclops versus Wolverine yeah. versus Akuma and Blanca, you know. Yeah. And then they had very obscure characters like I think you had like Metal Akuma who was like half robot oh, yeah. and shit. 
And, man, those games were so fun. I remember I always used to go. So when me and my sister were in elementary school, we used to be in, like, an aftercare program where after school next door there was a building that, you know, the students would go to for aftercare for, like, parents that work late and things like that. And every Wednesday we went to this place called Gold Coast Skate Rink. And the skating rink that we would go to had a whole line of, arcade games that you could play and one of them was like x-men versus street fighter and i remember putting so much money into this fucking machine because it was so cool and flashy and you know you had super moves and things like that and it was like the first time i remember seeing like a crossover between these two things that i had like relative interest in which was like yeah. street fighter or at least a fighting game and like comic books so i thought it was really cool and really fun and no, honestly, that's a really good point right there. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, and I, I'm sorry for cutting you off no, all of a sudden, ahead, but there was since you mentioned the whole uh, Capcom versus Street Fighter, like I do remember vividly, like a lot of these cabinets had like really interesting crossovers between like fighting genres and stuff like that too. So it's cool that you mentioned that. Like I remember SNK versus Capcom being a thing, and yeah. SNK would be like. Terry Bogard and Fatal Fury. Exactly. Those characters from that universe pitted against the characters in the Street Fighter universe, you know? And them to kind of mash up into one game, I think that made for a really interesting title to see in like arcades. So like if you did see it, it's kind of like an instant catch, you know, because you gotta think of it this way. Back whenever the cabinets first came out, you had people that played SNK games exclusively and Capcom games exclusively. So you had your group of people that played strictly just Street Fighter. Yeah. And you had people that played strictly just SNK. Well, now there is a game that pitted you both against each other. And at the same time, those same like fighting mechanics that those characters had in one game transitioned to that game where they both came together, you know? So it was a really good conglomerate of the two yeah, pieces put together. Yeah, it was like a mashing together. of worlds, you know? Exactly. And that, that was cool because I remember that's at least the first time I remember seeing it. And uh, just, you know, I say X-Men versus Street Fighter, but I'm I'm kind of just talking about, like, Marvel versus Capcom. Like, yeah. I remember seeing those cabinets. You remember seeing, you know, X-Men versus Street Fighter. And then I think there was another one along that line. Maybe it was, like, X-Men versus something else. But, you know, those mashup fighting games, they were just so much fun. And they, they were much more up my alley as opposed to just, like, regular Street Fighter or, like, Mortal Kombat cabinets, for instance. Those were just cooler to me because everyone had, like, the exaggerated super moves. Like, you know, Wolverine would have his Berserker Barrage and Cyclops would have, like, that crazy eye beam, you know. And you could tell who was good and who wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Because it didn't take too long to find out who was good and who wasn't but yeah no those games you know that's really i don't really have much more to say to to, to those games uh, yeah other than what i've already said i just wanted to really put that out there because those are those like when i think arcades yeah that's 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 really up there for me for those so yeah that's what i got what about you d so the next one that i have lined up it was stuck between two and i'm really happy that i settled with this decision and i went with time crisis instead of house of the dead ah see time crisis yeah. i feel like as far as peripherals are concerned it really gets like the experience down to the t like it really nailed the whole shooting experience if you're mm -hmm. trying to go for like a 1990s miami cinema hollywood shoot 'em up you know that's kind Cocaine. of what they were going for yeah exactly like the like the whole is the whole story goes off like maybe two three hours mm -hmm. of you working as like a cop and you obviously have like a side uh, a partner working with you as an option but basically it's like you go 
take you shoot some people you do a drug bust and you take down a kingpin you know that's how those games worked so yeah. i think time crisis really nailed it down just because like the added foot pedal too because like the game the way you reloaded and stuff you had to step on this little foot pedal and your character would duck and cover and then at the same time he would also reload his pistol and then from there you just release the foot pedal and you're able to shoot again yeah so like another house interactive the... element you know exactly because i think house of the dead made you shoot off screen yes to reload. i did not like that no because it, it, it removed you from what you were shooting at. i also didn't like the idea of like I, I mean with house of the dead i feel like if i were in a situation like that i would try to create as much distance from hostile whatever you know right. i would try to create distance but you're kind of just standing there stationary and you can't really have like cover to hide and stuff like that mm -hmm. but time crisis it gives, it gives you that option you know and at the same time you're not just shooting stuff adjacent on the screen with your partner like your partner moves to a different vicinity as you and you can literally see his character on the screen and your goal is to like cover him you know like right. time crisis had that little aspect to it too that had more of a teamwork mechanic yeah instead of time like crisis had the two-player arcade yeah. machines where they were connected but you had two screens two gun peripherals mm -hmm. and the pedals and then basically if you were doing two-player you could just run around do your thing obviously you're kind of walking on rails because the game yeah. is maneuvering you but your partner or whoever you were playing with would also do uh something separate but they weren't necessarily in the same area as you. yeah well y'all would be in like the same skirmish but y'all yeah. be in a separate location Correct. so it's like he'll watch your back if enemies are coming towards you and likewise you should be covering his back too you know so i think that time crisis having that whole idea in the railgun aspect it really sold well for me at least you know when really separating itself from like all the other peripheral shooters that they have in arcades you know time time crisis definitely made its mark yeah, and I, I mean, feel like... I think the last Time Crisis game that came out was Time Crisis 5, and I believe it came out in 2015, so think about that, like, just five years ago, and it started, it's running on Ep on Unreal Engine. Yeah. Um, oh, it is? Yeah, it runs on Epic Games' uh, Unreal Engine, so... I honestly had no idea about that. Shoot. Yeah, it has two pedals, by the way. Um, Ooh, I don't know what the pedal. second pedal is for, but I know <laughs> that, that one has two, two pedals. Uh, I know it has like extra stages and things like that, and it's like the largest game. Uh, it, it's the largest game really in the whole Time Crisis uh, series. But yeah, dude, that that's such a great choice because what yells arcade more than like the light gun shooters? Yes. <laughs> you know, shoot, man. Like I, I like the idea whenever arcade cabinets give you like kind of a simulated mm -hmm. experience. So, uh, like, what Time Crisis offered, as far as, like, arcade cabinets are concerned, I, I felt like it was its very own unique thing, and it was really something nice to play, you know? Just, if you're in, like, oh, man, those shooter games, they're so good, wow. Yeah, because you had, like, Time Crisis, you had Dino Crisis, where you're shooting You had dinosaurs. Terminator, you had House of the Dead. House of the shoot. Dead, of course. You're Tomb Raider, too. I think Tomb Raider had one. They had a couple different variation ones. I yeah. can't remember what the other one is called. I think it was called something Assault. And you would... I can't remember what it is, but it was more integrated because it was... Like, you had to drop this thing down on your yeah. head that had handles. I don't know if you remember what? this. What? Are you talking like almost like a whole headset that puts you in like a whole environment? Yeah, the, the headset 
the, the, the screen is in the headset and you would lower it down onto and it was yellow and you had two handles on the side and that's how you would you would look around literally look around and, and shoot at things around you I can't remember what the name of this game was but I remember they had one at this place called the Swap Shop it's so funny that you mentioned that actually mm-hmm. I remember seeing that exact one I don't know if it's the same one mm-hmm. title wise and everything but it was built along the same idea basically but I was way too short for it to go over my oh. head oh wow well, I mean I have a massive head so I mean I had a hard time <laughs> no I was just too short at the time so like I couldn't play it <laughs> yeah no that's unfortunate but uh, I know man some... fuck <laughs> Yeah. Uh, nah, man. Those those games were a really good time, man. What have you got next on your list, bro? Light gun shooter. So that's that's a good one because I, I like to think that we cover a good a good you know we cast yeah. a wide net when we talk about this. So I'll be honest. I don't really want to. Everyone knows Pac-Man and Galaga, so I didn't really want to bring that up because it's like, yeah, if we talk about Pac-Man, everyone knows Pac-Man. If we talk about Galaga, yeah. everyone knows Galaga. If there's an arcade cabinet I want to have in the house, then like an actual cabinet, not one of the arcade one-ups that they sell at Walmart, um, because those just run on ROMs as opposed to the original boards. Yeah, I, I do want to get a Pac-Man and Galaga combo machine because I think that's like the greatest combination arcade cabinet ever. But you know, if we're if we're if we're talking about the the arcade experience and the cabinet experience, I find it hard to not bring up like beat 'em ups because this oh, is the first please, time I remember dude. seeing them. You know, the yeah. ones that stick out the most to me were like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one and the Avengers. I think it was the Avengers one, or maybe it was like a Spider Man one because I remember you could play as like Hawkeye, Spider Man, you could play as a few other characters. and Captain America, I remember that one too, and Iron Man, I believe. Yeah. And you could play as different characters and you were just scrolling through and just playing cooperatively or playing by yourself. But those were games that, you know, playing with someone else was always better because you had someone there to kind of pick up the slack and kind of help you out a bit. And those that's really like one of the first multiplayer experiences that I remember having because, you know, this was before I even had a console. So yeah, this kind of allowed me to have that uh, that additional you know playing with someone else yeah and i always remember it's like i always felt like the pressure of having to be good because if the other person was better than you you didn't want to feel like you were kind of dead weight or dragging them down with you <laughs> you know yeah. and that sounds like such a weird thing but uh, it, it's it's oh, man you you want to try to bring more to the team that's what you want to do yeah i just kind of wanted to touch base on beat-em-ups a little bit i don't want to talk about any one of them specifically but Shoot. i just want to touch that but my actual and this is going to be my last one okay my my one of my favorite and dude it would cost so much and i would need so much space to own one of these things okay it is the initial d racing game okay because for those of you that don't know i'm about to go on a mini rant about initial d and why i think it's like one of the greatest anime of all time i'm a car guy all right i love cars i especially love late 80s early 90s japanese model cars Initial D is a late 80s, 90s, and early 2000s anime about drift racing. And they had these racing arcade machines for Initial D. But the cool thing about it was that you could put this thing inside of it and it would print out a card for you that would save like your profile so then what it would do is like you would have this card with you and let's say you leave the arcade you come back two weeks later you put the card in and it it it, based on the card it knew what you had done last so it'll save your profile like save your profile and your progress and your record and things like that that's pretty awesome the main character in initial d drives an ae86 which is technically just a special edition of a corolla that they only release in japan we got versions of the 86 but not really 
The 86 was a real-wheel drive, lightweight, naturally aspirated car. And I just think that that's fucking cool because he's racing up against people with, like, souped-up Mazda RX-7s and, like, Honda Civics and, and he cars. He just rolls up with your, your great-grandpa's Corolla. Yeah, and everyone's know? like, yo, what is this piece of shit? <laughs> but they're like, what they, what they fail to realize is that it's not about power. And it's so good. D, if you if you get a chance, I need you should watch Initial D. because I've seen the first couple episodes. I remember, like, the first race where he, like, sinks his wheel into, like... The gutter. Uh, the gutter run. Yes, something like that. In order to, like, make... Uh, more sharp drift. I remember yes. him kind of like whatever first couple episodes he was like, oh, I'm gonna take this hill and not spill water. But like he's taken that hill so many times because his he dad basically has like the layout to yeah. drift by giving him a cup of water and he's like yeah. if you're properly like if you're properly if you're... shifting the weight of the car you're not going to spill this water and it because oh, it, it, classic he water tofu. concept by the way man it's, it's such he, he delivers tofu that's what it is is his dad owns a tofu shop and it, his dad's like a, a really great fucking driver and he's kind of slowly subconsciously teaching his son how to fucking drive like him and he has him delivering tofu down a mountain and he's like to be honest he, his son has no interest in cars in the beginning he's like oh i just want to fucking get home quickly so he starts pushing the limits of what the car can do and then he yeah in one of the races there's like you know rain gutters so in order to maintain high speed but have sharp cornering he sinks the driver's side wheels into the gutter and kind of has like a roller coaster effect because he's now it's now holding him in place it's like a rail almost he's able to be case gay in the fd which is a Mazda RX-7, like the later years that he had one. He, he was with the Red Suns. God, I love Initial D so much. But yeah, yeah, these driving machines that you see in arcades, like they, you know, a lot of them aren't super accurate, but Initial D was really accurate. It was really fun. The music was great. So the thing about Initial D is like, it has like a DDR style soundtrack. soundtrack. So that's what makes it so it's like that yeah. synth techno from like the That'd early That'd be really 90s. enticing for me, honestly. Dude, watch it. First of all, watch Initial D. Yeah, it's, it's like a time. it's like a soap opera mixed with DDR and those exaggerated fucking anime moments, you know? Yeah. Because it's an underdog story. It's an underdog story. I love the underdog story. The, so honestly, you mentioning that I love it I so much to. because Initial D reminds me of Summer as a teen because you know you have that era when you start kind of getting into your mid to late teens and you're leaving you know that that childhood behind but you know when you have your car for the first time when you get your first car and now you're you, like you feel like you have this whole new world because you you now have transportation you know and and being able to now make your own plans with your friends because you have a car and you know relationships and all oh man it's it's i'm just talking about initial d at this point not even the arcade machine but now it is fucking dude honestly oh, like God, talk so about much. whatever you feel like talking in initial d part of the topic since it's built up its own arcade cabinet so yeah i feel like but i just it... wanted to touch on those because they were so good and the car selection was awesome uh, because it was actual cars it, I, I hated like certain games where it was like oh here's this sportster coupe like convertible i was like no like i want to drive like an r32 nissan skyline i want to drive an 86 you know toyota corolla i want to drive a fucking like fd rx7 you know, I want to drive a Halo Phantom on the racetrack. I just... don't know what that is, but you said Halo, so I'm assuming. <laughs> <it's> a... <laughs> oh God! I want to drive the Oscar Wiener mobile and just drift it around Mount Akina in Japan. Dude, <laughs> I, I want location. that dog suit, that dog car from Dumber and Dumb, Dumber. From Dumb and Dumber. In, oh God! In the, the game. wagon. God, I want that car, car drifting in the rain gutters. 
I'd say one of the flying best, by the competition. One of the best cars in in movies, in my opinion. It's like oh, it's like oh, the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Fuck the DeLorean from Back <laughs> to the Future. Okay, the the mutt cuts or whatever they call it. The the sheepdog, <laughs> the sheepdog car from Dumb and Dumber. Greatest yes. car in movies. Fuck Knight Rider. Fuck the car from Miami Vice. You heard it here first. The car from Dumb and Dumber. Uh, the Harry and Lloyd drive. Uh, I just, I car. want that car to drift so hard it just slams into another car beside <laughs> it. And it doesn't even hurt it, you know? No dents, no nothing. All that padding just takes it all away. I would like to do a drifting race where I am chasing, I am driving the sheepdog car from Dumb and Dumber, chasing the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. <laughs> so it looks like I'm just chasing a hot dog, a giant glizzy on wheels. That would be awesome. I would pay for that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up. I'm going to see how much it would cost to uh, rent the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. And I'm sure someone has the original Dumb and Dumber car. They would have to. I refuse Someone's to had it. to have made one, at least. Yeah, I mean, they had to make one for the movie, so I'm assuming that they didn't just fucking sell it. If they did, then, well, now I know what I'm doing the rest of the day. I'm fucking tracking this car down uh, because I will buy it. I will buy it. I'm not even exaggerating. Uh, After the pinball machines, of course. No, no. Before, because you know how I'm going to transport the pinball machines in the back of the shag. And the, you know, the, I didn't even think of that, man. Yeah. See, man, you got to set up a business. It's like step one, you know, it's step three, one profit. To get the other one, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, D, that's that's really all I got in terms of arcade. That's at least the ones that I wanted to touch on. Do you, you have know, any I, I mean, I did have one more that I wanted to throw out there. And this is definitely more of an honorable mention, but mm-hmm. yeah, back whenever you were staying down here in New Orleans, dibs, I remember, uh, yeah, uh, whenever Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite first came out, and I, the game Marvel vs. Capcom, Capcom Infinite, it kind of dropped and didn't really go as far as most competitive fighting games go. But to me, it kind of held a special place for me just because the way I saw the game with the DLCs and stuff that were added on with future installments. It felt more like a Mega Man X fighting game because the main boss was Sigma fused with Ultron and then you play as X and Zero and I don't know man like it was the first game that X was introduced and you know how I feel about X as a character and I felt like him being his inclusion in the game was such a nice thing but because the game didn't really take off it was such a letdown. But I, I bring up the cabinets in this because Dibs they had one of the employees there and i really want to at least preface this by saying like if you're out there and you're you have a hobby and you enjoy making cabinets and something like that i want to encourage you and i want to say go for it because this guy he made his own sticks his own rig his whole cabinet and stuff and it took cores and everything and honestly it played real smooth i just wanted to give dibs their shout out i'm not sure if machine is still there but like man the, the idea that he he emulated like the ROM or whatever, or he ported the console somehow into the cabinet, and it functioned like the buttons on the cabinet that you press functioned correspondingly to the console too. So it would power it up, it would reset the system and stuff like that too. So that was really neat that he was he was able to handle all that intricate work and still produce this product that honestly was probably what he was going for. Honestly, he just wanted a way for people to play the game and have that cabinet experience. And I thought that was really interesting. And I had a hell of a time actually playing that game with you back whenever we did go to Dibs, man. Even though we didn't really play that many rounds and stuff, it was awesome. And just the fact that it was made by someone local, and you know, it wasn't as 
intricately designed or, or as rudimentary as most of the ones that you'll see at like arcades and stuff but for what it's worth him making his own thing and it functioning and playing and giving me that joy I had playing the game I, I had to give him his shout outs like it was great I don't even know who made the game at dibs but it was just awesome to see so but yeah uh definitely we still had the giveaway going on um, if anyone is interested in participating, like Dylan said, just like just follow us on Instagram and either DM us at our Instagram page or our Gmail page, which is thegamingdisorderpodcast.com, and just share your favorite gaming memory with us. We're going to be going through all of the submissions, and we are going to be deciding a winner. We're going to have two winners, I think on the 19th Saturday is when we're recording the Persona episode, so we're either going to do it after that episode or before I haven't fully decided yet. Uh, I want to give as much time as possible for the giveaway. And, of course, we are giving away both 20 and $10 digital currencies to whatever your performed platform is, whether it's Microsoft, Xbox points, or PlayStation Network credit, or Nintendo Switch, or even Steam, you know. But The yeah, App still... Store. No, yeah. Not, not. Do, do you want... <laughs> yeah, you want $20 in Google Play so you can... <laughs> play clash of clans like you got it man like whatever you enjoy you know, do you you're want right, man. neopets points like you got it we got you do you want i mean i can't really think of anything else so do you want more <laughs> tokens and raid shadow legends like i got you. shout out to raids shadow legends by the way do we're not at, we're not sponsored raid but no, no i don't play raid shadow legends do you? i hate those commercials when they come up because it's like oh my god this game clearly you can tell listen Guys, if anyone ever tries to give us money <laughs> to advertise something, depending on what it is, we might go for it. But you will clearly know that we are being paid to do an ad. Yeah. No one has approached us because we're no one yet. But, you know, <laughs> if, if if they do, we'll let you know, like, hey, this is an ad. We are being paid for this. And vice yeah. versa. If we ever pay anyone to promote the show, one of the first things I want to tell them is, like, hey, just be sure that you include in there that this is a paid ad so people don't think that... We're just out there paying people behind the scenes to, you know, say good stuff about the show. It's like, no, we, we, we want to get the show out there to as many people as possible. And proud to announce we have, like, over 125 downloads on the show. So, you know, Dylan, I'm pretty excited about that. Like I said, at the beginning, I thought we would have, like, three. And, you know, we are now, this will be the eighth episode, and we have... You know, a good amount of, of, of man, traffic man. going in. I want to get more. I want to, I, at the beginning, yeah. I said I didn't care how many people listen to the show. I want more people to listen to the show. Honestly, so, like, I get that, man. Like, I'm going to have aggressive street teams out there promoting. I'm going to pay like six kids to go and sticker bomb the city with the sticker with the show logo and the Spotify code. So I'm going to get that going for a while. I'm going to rent one of those planes with the banner. So I'm We're going to get that. that car from Dumb Dumb and Dumber. And we're yeah. just going to give just out dumb and business cards. Just, it's oh. just, just Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I had an extra Dumber. But I mean, maybe yeah. that's where the idea is going. That's maybe, why. maybe that's the new sequel that we'll write. <laughs> Me, you, and... Uh, you know who else is dumb as fuck? Shrek. There you go. Me, you, and Shrek. <laughs> wow. With, uh... <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's all good, man. I'll let you take that jab at my boy. It's all yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, whatever. God, I hate that this ogre comes up so much on this fucking show. Hey, you, you wanted to bring it up, man. I know. Not me. I know. I know. It's the Shrekening, man. He gets his moment every single time. Every yeah. Now, if uh, who is that? Pixar or DreamWorks? If you want to cut the check. Uh, do it. Say good things about Shrek I'll all the I'll, time. I'll talk. I'll talk great about Shrek. He'll be <laughs> fantastic. Look, what is he? He's like a. He's like a. He's like a vegetable or something. That there's like. It's like a club sandwich. There's layers. 
right? Or something like that. <laughs> yep, nailed it, man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, bam. Right, fuck it. The script is done. Give me the check. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I hate the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's gonna do it for this one, Dylan. Yeah, is there man. anything else you wanted to touch on before we wrap up today? Honestly, Anything man. going on in your life, not necessarily video game-wise, you know? I mean, shoot. We can talk about these things another time. A lot of, well, yeah. it's a personal thing, that's why. And I would much I rather just mention it to you gotcha. as opposed to, you know, an audience. You know, Does that make sense? Yeah. Not that I would like to keep y'all exclusive. It's just excluded. It's just, this is something with my personal life that I would like to share with you at a time. It's just, gotcha. you know, after yeah. recording and stuff. Well, don't feel bad, man. There's, like, it. special creams that you can use for that sort of rash and, you know, that burning sensation. It can it goes away with penicillin, <laughs> so, you know, you don't have no, to... No, no, it's not like that. Nothing like that, bro. There's, like, a special <laughs> comb that you use for it, and you, know, you yeah. just gotta brush it a couple times. Yeah, I gotta put one around my head. That way I don't, like, suck myself. Yeah, that's what? what's going on. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> See you guys next week. <laughs>